I'm grateful for how God, for how God brings this all together uh, and puts all the pieces together for us uh, of this, this puzzle, if you will, uh, of his will, his desire for our lives. And, uh, and it's interesting, as you study the Bible, the, the story of Scripture, it all centers on and focuses on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, uh, it's, um, it's all focused on uh, Jesus and what he did for us and, and the gospel, the good news that, that redeems us, the good news that, uh, that uh, we, uh, we hear about Jesus Christ coming to save us from our sins. But then even more than that, after we're saved, the gospel continues to do that work in us of sanctifying and helping us to be, uh, to be a better reflection of Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and so as we, as we serve, as we minister, as we encourage one another, uh, one verse that, uh, that God has used in, in my life and in our ministry and, and all that, uh, that just kind of sums up. Uh, what God has put on my heart for this year is, is a, a verse that I've quoted often. It's Philippians 1.27, and it says this, only let your conversation or your way of life, the, your lifestyle, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Only, basically what that is saying is only let the way you live reflect well on the gospel. Live your life in such a way that you are showing the world the power of the gospel, the power that changes lives, the power that gives hope, that, that shows us that, there, that we have a living hope, and, and his name is Jesus. The, the, the gospel that has the power to give, us, to give us joy in the midst of sorrow, to give us peace in the midst of storms. Only let your life show that. Live in such a way. And we're going to talk about how that, how that comes about, how, to, how you can live your life only to show those things. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Uh, and and he, Paul goes on as he's writing to the church at Philippi and he says that whether I come and see you or else be absent. So whether I'm with you or not, you know, so many times we have a tendency to, to be spiritual and act all Christian and everything when, when somebody from church is around or when the preacher's around or a growth group leader or somebody like that, you know, is around, we'll, we'll act like a Christian should. But then when they're gone, we act like us, right? Like we shouldn't. And, uh, and so um, he says that whether I, I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast with, uh, he said that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. As, as we continue our study in the book of Acts today and, and as we look at the year ahead and the direction that God has for us, I want to talk to you about together for the gospel. And that, that is our theme for this year, together for the gospel. And you may have received, as you came in, you may have received a, a booklet uh, that, uh, that says that. It says together and together for the gospel. And uh, we want everything we do this year to reflect well on the gospel. And here's the thing. The last couple of years uh, with, uh, with coronavirus and quarantine and all of that, we have been told isolate, spread apart, don't, uh, don't come in contact with other people. But the Bible tells us that we need one another. God put us together as one body. We need to come together. We need to gather. We need you. You need us. We need to be together. And when we, when we come together, it's not just for the sake of, well, they say we ought to, we ought to stay apart, but we're going to show them. We're going to come together. No, it's not that. We need each other, not just, not just uh, so we can you know, show the world or whatever. We need each other, not just so we can get together and talk about the, talk about the, the football game or the, or the basketball game or the, the, the sales or what's going on on TV or what's going on in politics or what, all those things. It's, it's, we don't need to come together and gossip about other people, but we need to come together for one thing, and that is for the faith of the gospel. We need to encourage one another in the Lord and strengthen one another in your faith. And, and we, need to, uh, we need to serve God passionately. So he says, in one mind, 
in one spirit, with one mind, not having our own agendas, not having, well, this is my way of doing things. No, we are coming together to be unified in spirit, unified in purpose, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Because there's a lot of people around us that they, they don't care about your standards. They don't care about your, your preferences. What they need and what they want to know is, where did you find that hope? Where did you get that peace? Where did you, what, what is the source of your joy? They want answers. They want something that's going to help them to grow. They want something that's going to help them to, to be able to lay their head on their pillow at night and, and not fear. See, our world is just racked with fear. Senseless Fear. On every side. And it's just getting worse. Yeah, there are bad people out there that do bad things. Do you know 80% of the things that we fear and worry about never come to pass? That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He's going to lead us to make the decisions that we need to make. He's going to help us to, he's going to, help us to be cautious. He's going to help us to be careful. He's going to help us to be wise in those things. He's, but he's going to give us courage not to fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God wants us to strive together for the faith of the gospel. It's, it's that fellowship of the gospel that Philippians talks about there in chapter 1. That word, uh, the word fellowship is koinonia. We've talked about that often around here. It's, it's mutual responsibility, mutual obligation, mutual uh, involvement uh, in the ministry, in the gospel work. And God wants me and you both to, to get under the, under the, the, the load and to shoulder that responsibility of reaching our community, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not something I can do alone. It's not something that just a couple of people can do. It's something that's going to take all of us striving together working together as parts of the body that God has brought together uh, to, to do the work that he wants done here in Pasadena. The Bible tells us that God has given uh, some pastors and some teachers and some, uh, uh, he, he gave some uh, uh, apostles and, and uh, prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, it says, for the, uh, for the perfecting of the saints. That's to help the, help the church, help the believers to mature. Why, why, do, why are we to mature? We are to mature for the work of the ministry. We are to grow in our faith. You are to grow in your faith. I am to grow in my faith for the work of the ministry, to get involved in the work of the ministry. And I'll tell you, it is work because the ministry is people work. The work of the ministry is people work. It means building relationships, but I don't like to talk to people. Get right with God and you'll talk to people, all right? Uh, and I kind of say that a little bit joking, but not, a, not completely joking. Because we may be bashful, but really that's just an overemphasis on our self-focus. Let's be honest now. Being shy and bashful, it's a little, it's a little too concerned about ourself. Oh, being, being all out there and everything and, and uh, exaggerated in our, in our personality and everything, that, that's a little, a little too much too. Let's humble ourselves and let God work in us and through us. He'll lead us into those, into, to those relationships that we need to build to be able to have the conversations that you need to have and that I need to have with people to, to bring them along and help them to grow in the work of the ministry, Right? Because God has a job for you in this church, through this church, 
God has a job for me in this church and through this church. I can't do your job and you can't do mine. But if we work together, we can accomplish a lot for Jesus Christ. We see this uh, in the book of Acts. Let's take, take our Bibles and turn to the book of Acts and we're gonna look at chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week, uh, and we're, we're in verse, uh, verse 22, Acts chapter 11 and verse 22, this is when uh, we, we've read about, uh, about how the believers that were scattered about because of the, uh, the persecution that arose, uh, that arose there uh, with Stephen, uh, the, the guy who was, uh, the, he was uh, stoned there, and, uh, and he was put to death for his, uh, for his testimony for Jesus Christ. Christ. And there arose a persecution around that, and, and it caused the church, caused many of the believers to scatter all around. And the Bible says some went as far as, uh, as Phoenicia, and some as uh, Cyprus and Cilicia, and, uh, and some went into Antioch. And the Bible tells us that, uh, that when the tidings, verse 22, then the tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. So those believers who were still in Jerusalem, they heard about what was going on there in Antioch, how that many people were coming to Christ. And they sent forth Barnabas. Remember Barnabas? Barnabas was the one who the Bible tells us that he had land and sold it and gave the money to the church. His name means son of consolation. He's, a, he's an encourager. And what an encourager Barnabas is. And I'm excited that, that in the next, uh, next few chapters, we're going to be talking a lot about the ministry of Barnabas and the things that God used Barnabas to do and, and how he used Barnabas. And the Bible says they sent Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. Isn't it wonderful that when somebody, when, when a believer in Jesus Christ goes somewhere and they see God working, they don't get all uptight about, well, that's just not how I'm used to it. No, when they see God working, they're glad about that. And it's wonderful to see Barnabas was glad when he saw the work that God was doing there in Antioch. And the Bible says, uh, the Bible says, and he exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. The, these believers, these believers had, they had just come to Christ and they were growing in grace. They were growing in their understanding. They were growing in uh, reflecting Jesus as best as they knew how. But Barnabas comes along. And he sees what's going on. And he exhorts them with this. The Bible says that with purpose of heart. It's interesting as I was studying this. The, the word purpose. The Greek word that was translated purpose it means to show forth, to make it obvious. One thing that I found interesting is it's the same Greek word that was used to speak of the showbread. When they talked about, uh, about uh, the showbread, they, they, uh, the showbread in the Old Testament, it was something that, that, was, that was set out on a table. It was consecrated, uh, and uh, it was only for the priests to be able to, to partake of that. And, and it, it was obvious that that is what it was for. And that's the word that the Bible uses here for purpose. That with purpose of heart... They should cleave unto the Lord. Hold tight to the Lord. Stay with him. Stay in fellowship with him. As Jesus said, abide in me. And Jesus said this. He said, if ye abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Many times we wonder, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? And, and, and the thing is, God, God wants to answer our prayers and he does answer our prayers. Many times it's yes, many times it's no. Sometimes it's hold on and wait a little while. But the Bible tells us that if we have sin in our life, the Lord, he's not going to hear our prayers. 
So let's, let's walk closely with him. Let's abide in him. And, his, and as we walk closely with him, uh, the, the Bible says, as we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. But we also, as, if, if we have fellowship with one another, we also have fellowship with him, right? And the light of Jesus Christ is going to show us any sin in us. And because of our desire to cleave to him, we're going to be quick to confess those sins and get them out of our lives, Right? Because we have, we're, we've purposed in our heart that we're going to cleave to the Lord. That we're going to hold tightly to him. That we're going to live our lives in such a way that shows from the heart that I am here to please God. I am here to honor God. The reason that I live is for him. And church, I want to exhort you today that with purpose of heart, you would cleave to the Lord. Uh, we need to be together. Uh, for the, we need to be together in commitment, committing ourselves together as the people of God. It's wonderful when it's wonderful when there's one person that says, "Hey, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God." I, it's wonderful when when somebody says, "I surrender my life to Jesus Christ to be used of him, however, whenever, whatever he wants me to do. I'm there. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it." Hey, but how much better is it when God when God works in the hearts of his people and and the people of God, the church of the living God, we commit ourselves to live our lives to show forth that the reason we live is for the gospel. Amen? Hey, not just, not just growth group leaders, not just teachers, not just the pastor, not just the worship team. Hey, but every person that's a part of the church. God wants you to live for the gospel. He wants you that, to live with purpose of heart, to show forth. Let it be seen in every area of your life. Let there be no question about it that you are God's and you live for him. I want to encourage you today. Ask God to search you. Because many times if we search ourselves, we're going we're gonna to gloss over some things. We're going to make some excuses for some things. But if we ask God to search us, if we say, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Hey, he's not going to pull any punches. He, he'll, he'll show it to us graciously. He'll show it to us lovingly. But he's going to show it to us. Those things that need to be gotten out of our lives. It doesn't matter if it's something that we really like. If God really doesn't like it, then you and I need to change our mind about those things that we really like. It doesn't matter if in the past it's been our security blanket. God wants us to trust in him and lean on him. We need to live our lives with purpose of heart, a commitment. Barnabas is exhorting the people here, these, these brand new believers, and many of you are brand new believers. Many of you have, uh, many of you have been saved for, for a few months. Many of you have been saved for a few years, uh, or whatever it might be. Hey, but whoever you are, whatever stage of growth you are in your Christian life, will, will we, uh, let, let me encourage you today to purpose in your heart that from now on, who, no, no, it doesn't matter what's been done before, but from now on, from this point on, you are going to live with purpose of heart to let it be seen, to let it be known that you live for Jesus Christ. Your life is marked by the gospel. Your life is transformed by the gospel. Many times we, we'll, we'll grow a little bit in our Christian life, but we don't get past some walls that we have allowed to remain because we continue to identify ourselves as what we used to be. We continue to hold ourselves uh, guilty and accountable for our old habits and our old ways, but God has given us victory. Jesus has forgiven us of those things. They are under the blood. You're not what you used to be. You're not that old man. You are brand new in Christ. Let Let's live free 
free from the attitudes, free from the anger, free from the cussing, free from the lust, free from the gossip, free from the jealousy, free from the immorality, free from everything that God calls sin. You're free. You're free. Live free. Hold on to Jesus and be free in Christ. You say, Pastor, you're getting a little worked up today. Yes, I am because, hey, today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Live with purpose of heart. For too long we've been so casual and lackadaisical in our Christian lives and we've wanted people to to see that we're Christian. But if you're not living with purpose of heart, you're not going to show the world that you're a Christian. We've got too many too many that straddle that fence. They want to they be spiritual, but they want to play with the world too. God said to the church in Laodicea, he said, he said, I wish you were either cold or I wish you were, you were hot. You were on fire for me. But you're not. You're lukewarm. You're neither cold nor hot. You're trying to have it both ways. You want your worldly pleasures, but you want the spiritual life too, the people to think of you as, a, as somebody spiritual. You say you want to honor me, but you still want to play around with those old things, those old ways, those old habits, those sins that easily beset you. And God said, it makes me sick. Oh, God loves us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. And he wants, he wants, to, he wants to forgive us for those. And, I mean, he's, he has already forgiven us for those things. Your sin and mine was, was forgiven when, when we trusted Jesus as our Savior. But he wants you to confess it to him. He wants you to know that, that he'll, he'll, he has, he's forgiven. He's put it under the blood. It's washed away. But he wants me and you to have a right relationship with him. He wants you to recognize it for what it is. And to come to him in humility and repentance. He wants you to come and get right. Because he said... When we're lukewarm, he said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. It makes me sick. I don't want to make God sick. The church has for too long, I, I pray that it's not, that Crosspoint is not guilty of this, but the church as a whole for too long has been making God sick. We've blended in with the world. We've not lived distinctly Christian lives. Uh, we've, hey, we've not let the world know the way that we should. We've not been committed like we ought to be. In Philippians, Paul said... This, this, was, this was Paul's heart. This was his commitment to God. He said, I want to know him. I want to know him so much. I want to get so close to Jesus. I want to experience the Christ life. So he said in Philippians 3.10, he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection Oh, and there's power in that resurrection. Jesus rose in victory over death, hell, and the grave. And in his resurrection, he gives you the power to live that new life. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but we are alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we can live that resurrected life in victory over sin, we can show the world that Jesus is alive and that he is at work. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, but then he said, and the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, now wait a minute. 
I don't like that suffering thing. That, that sounds too much like pain, like hurt, like discomfort. And I just, I like my lazy boy, my air conditioner, and my iced tea. <laughs> pain hurts me. And I don't want to do anything that's going to cause me. Hey, we don't need to intentionally cause ourselves pain. But the Bible says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We're going to endure some persecution. We're going to endure some opposition. And it's going to be painful at times. If we're living for Christ. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that we need to get our bullhorn and our big sign that says turn or burn and go marching through the streets. What I am saying is we need to cleave unto the Lord with purpose of heart. Let our lives distinctly show that we belong to him. And as we distinctly live our lives that shows the world that we belong to Jesus Christ, he's going to work in us and through us. He's going to lead us and guide us. He's going to give us the wisdom to make the decisions that we need to make each day to show the world that he's alive. And, and as we live for Christ, they're going to see Christ in us. And many of them aren't going to like it. And they're going to oppose you. But with purpose of heart, we're going to cleave no matter how much they like it or not. He's not going to lead us to do it in, in hate or with anger or, or whatever. He's going to lead us to live our lives uh, in showing them the love of Christ, showing them the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and when they act toward us in hate, we're going to respond to them in love. Why? Because we love God. We love God. And as we, as we commit ourselves, uh, as, as we're together in this commitment to love the Lord, you and I are going to grow together. We're going to grow spiritually ourselves as individuals, as children of God. We're going to grow together as the family of God, as the body of Christ, as the local assembly. This church, we're going to grow spiritually, but we'll also reach others and grow numerically. And, and, and we'll be enabled more and more to go out and serve others in the love of Christ. We're going to go out and, and, and some, of our, some of our friends and family and some other, other uh, church folk might not understand it. But as we're serving others, we might, we might be called friends of publicans and sinners like Jesus was. I'm not saying go, go bar hopping with them. I'm not saying go, into, go to the clubs with them. I'm not saying live the lifestyle that they're living. I'm saying that we'll live for Jesus and we'll love them and we'll serve them. Hey, this year, this year we want to go, go and serve on Skid Row like we did, uh, like we did before. We want to we have more opportunities to reach out in our community, serving those around us, going into the parks, going into, into the neighborhoods, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've, uh, before, uh, before COVID, we would do worship in the park. We'd have a big day that we'd, celebrate, we'd, uh, we'd advertise and all and, and just come together and, and, and have a, a time of worship in the park. And we had many people that would come to that. And we want to do that again this year. Uh, but leading up to it, I want to encourage some of you, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's build some momentum for that. And let's go to a park. Let's, hey, somebody, if you play a guitar, hey, take your guitar and, and learn to play some Christian songs and sing Amazing Grace or sing Living Hope or something like that and, and maybe, somebody, maybe somebody you know uh, share a testimony or something like that and build some momentum encouraging people that, uh, that Jesus is at work in Pasadena even during quarantine even during COVID even during hey 2022 God's at work and there are people that need hope and as we get the message out we're going to see people saved. We're going to see people come to know Jesus as their Savior. We're going to see them grow, uh, want to be discipled and, and baptized and grow in their Christian life. Got many, many other ways that we're going to, we're going to uh, serve others this year and, and, uh, and put in this, in this booklet here some ways that you can serve with us, some ways that you can be a part of this. 
And I, I'm not going to take a long time, but just kind of flip through here briefly uh, in this booklet. The first page is Awana. Awana, is, we've told you, it's a, it's a program that we're having for, for kids from three years old all the way up through 12th grade. We're going to have classes specifically for them. We're not going to have the 12th graders in with the three-year-olds, so you, know, they, you don't have to worry about that. They're not going to be uh, bored with you know, uh, the little kids, little kids stuff, but uh, they're going to have the gospel and they're going to have the Bible taught to them at their level. What a wonderful opportunity. That's going to be on Sunday night starting on February 6th. Uh, then Crosspoint Kids. Hey, we, we've, got, uh, we've, we've got nursery and we've got, uh, we've got kids uh, being cared for downstairs right now. But before long, you know what? We, we want to we start a children's church. Because everybody down there, they're not, uh, all, the, all the kids down there, they're, they're not little babies. They're, they're not babies in arms. They might be toddlers and they might be a little, a little older than that, but we want to provide an, an opportunity for them and even some of the older kids uh, the, in, in school uh, to, to, learn, to learn the Word of God, to hear the gospel at their level, to learn uh, that Jesus loves them and that he has a, 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 he has a purpose for their life. And we want to teach them, hey, maybe God would want you to serve in one of the children's ministries. Next page, security. This in our day and time, we sadly we need to we need to form a security team. Not because we think anybody's going to try to break in and carry off the offering box, but because there's some mean people out there from time to time that just want to go into church and do mean things. And and you know, don't worry, you don't have to know kung fu or anything like that, you know. You you won't you won't be carrying a firearm as far as I know, you know. If, if you do, that's in secret and that's on you and don't do that, okay? I can't let you be doing that. Uh, it's, it's against the law right in this area and all that, so, uh, so don't be doing that. We'll, we'll train you. I might not do the training myself, but... Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get training for you so you'll, know, so you'll know what you can do, what you can't do, and things like that. And, and uh, to, to provide a safe environment for people to hear and learn the Word of God. We're forming a prayer team. Uh, we've, we've had prayer teams before, but this is a, this is a, more, um, a more involved prayer team where you're going to be meeting together from time to time, sometimes in person, sometimes on Zoom, not just getting an email or a text saying, hey, pray for this. We're going to actually come together and pray, pray for the services, pray for Awana, pray for the other ministries. You're going to be praying for God to do his work. Hey, as we say, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Next is the hospitality team. This is our first impressions. So when people come up, uh, they, they, see, they see the hospitality team out there with their smiling faces. And, and even, even, even if they have a mask on, sometimes you can tell if somebody's smiling or not, right? You know? And uh, so smile, hey, smile with your eyes, my mom always told me. Uh, but uh, uh, you, you, can, you can greet people with a, with a warm smile and, and encourage them, welcoming guests and, and helping them to find a place uh, to sit and to, and to know wherever things at. Remember the first time you came to church? You didn't know where anything was, did you? You had to learn it. Hey, just remember that. That's everybody that comes, they experience that. And they need, they need somebody that's going to be a friend. It's one of the things I've, I've really appreciated. I've noticed how many, of you, uh, how many of you are so welcoming to guests. And there was uh, just within the last few weeks, I, I, I saw somebody come for the first time. And I found out later that, that, there was, that the people that I thought had invited them and brought them, did not. I thought they were longtime friends because of the way that the guest was received. Thank you for being that kind of church. The next one is a setup team. You know, these, this equipment and everything, it doesn't, it, it doesn't stay here. It gets, it gets set up every Sunday morning. It gets taken down after the service at some point on Sunday afternoon. It, it stays in a U-Haul storage over here throughout the week. Somebody's picking it up on Saturday, bringing it up here on Sunday, setting it up, tearing it down, taking it back to storage. You might not feel comfortable standing in front of anybody or, or serving it away that uh, people notice or whatever, but this is something you can do. 
you're able-bodied and you can pick up some stuff and carry things, then, then hey, maybe that's, maybe that's where God would want you. Next, the media team. Oh, I don't want to be on the media team. I've seen, how, I've seen people look at them whenever, whenever something goes wrong. Yeah, that's, sadly, that's the only time the media team's noticed by most people when something goes wrong. But the rest of the time, it's wonderful. There's a lot of work that goes into that. But you can learn, you can learn very quickly to, to operate the sound and to, to run the slides and to, to do the live stream and things like that. And we need help with those things. And I want to encourage you, if you have any interest, uh, then come, we're going to have tables set up outside that, that go over these things, and, and you can talk to people about it and ask questions and sign up for anything that you're interested in. Hey, those are ways that we are ministering here, and we want to do more this year. We want to, we want to see what, uh, how we can grow these things. Uh, next, uh, not just our Jerusalem and our Judea and Samaria, but the Bible tells us unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And you'll see the next page there, world missions. We send money each month to support different missionaries, different church planters, different ministries. Uh, and uh, most of them we send $100 a month to, to help them. Uh, sometimes we'll send more. There's, uh, there's some that, that we've, we've sent some less than that, but, uh, but we, we'd like to get all of those to $100 a month and even grow that even more to reach more people. Uh, we want to add more missionaries. We want to add more church planters. My desire and my prayer is that this year we can add, a, we can add somebody that's going to be planting a church here in America, maybe here in California. I like to like to add an, a missionary that's going to the foreign field, going overseas somewhere to to reach people with the gospel. We'd like to uh, we'd like to invest in uh, in a ministry that that serves somewhere locally, uh, and, and whether it's whether it's uh, uh, in in some kind of capacity uh, reaching people with the gospel. It might not be a church planting organization or something like that, but, uh, but it's some means of reaching people with the gospel. And then we want to, we want to invest in cross-point ministries, things that are go, uh, going on here. We want to invest more in there, pour, uh, pour more money into those things to help it to grow, to provide more resources, to be able to do what God is calling us to do, working together, striving together for the gospel. And the, in these ways, we're serving others. Uh, in this past year, in this past year, we were able to send gifts to Samaritan's Purse, uh, to, to remember those, uh, the Operation Christmas Child boxes that we sent, and uh, sent an offering along with that we were able to help Deep Stream Ministries, a ministry in Guatemala that uh, that serves uh, serves uh, kids who who otherwise would not have uh, opportunity for an education, and many of them are many of them are saved, their families are saved, and things like that. It's wonderful. We sent money to help with the the uh, uh, the uh, relief there after the earthquake in Haiti, and we sent money to help with the Afghanistan rescue. Uh, and and I'm so grateful for your generosity, church. But we want to do more. God has called us to do more. When we, when we realize that everything he gave us, he gave us to use for what? For the purpose of our heart, the purpose, uh, the purpose of honoring God and living for God. If we are living our lives for Jesus Christ and for the gospel, then we ought to use our resources for Jesus Christ and the gospel. God wants us to, God gives to us to give through us uh, to reach more with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love God, we grow together and we serve others. The Bible says the Bible says that he exhorted them that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord as Barnabas encouraged them to cleave with purpose of heart to cleave unto the Lord their actions, their ministering, their testimonies, their service for Jesus Christ, serving together, they reached more people with the gospel, together in commitment. But secondly, we want to see together in practice. The Bible says in verse 25, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. 
Remember Saul, he was at once a persecutor going to arrest believers and see them put into prison and even killed. But then he had an encounter with Jesus that totally transformed his life. And now he's a preacher of the gospel. And now he's going and reaching people with the gospel. Well, he had gone back to Tarsus. And the Bible says that Barnabas went there to find him. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And, the, and uh, so they, they gathered together. They, Barnabas saw that the number of people that were reached with the gospel, hey, he needed help. He couldn't disciple them all himself. He needed some help in teaching them, in training them, and in serving them, and teaching them to serve uh, the Lord and others. And so he went and found Paul, or, or Saul rather, who later becomes Paul. And, and he came with him, and together they ministered, they served for a year, a whole year serving, teaching, training believers, and as they taught them to live the life that shows that they are Jesus Christ and that they belong to Jesus Christ, to show that Jesus is the reason for their life, and that they live for the gospel. The Bible says that the, that the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. As they began to live the life cleaving unto the Lord, showing that that is the reason for their life, they earned the title Christian. The people of Antioch watched how they lived and they listened to, to their speech, listened to them talking about this one Jesus Christ. And, and as, they, as they heard them talk about his character and his love, his grace, his, his kindness, they said, you're acting, you act just like that Christ that you talk about. You're Christians. The believers, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Hey, uh, what, what Barnabas realized is that help is needed. And church, we need to realize help is needed. If we're going to grow the way that God wants us to, help is needed. The Bible says uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Therefore he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking. Hey, have you ever, you know, many times we'll share prayer requests with one another have you ever wondered what Jesus w wants to pray about? There's one prayer request that Jesus gives in the Bible, and we're about to read it right here. Only one thing Jesus uh, asks us to pray about. He says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. He's like, hey, guys, the work is, the work is, is, is huge. There's a lot of people to be reached with the gospel and sadly, only a handful of people to do it. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers. In church, we're praying and asking God to meet that request, to answer that prayer and send forth laborers into his harvest. My prayer is that he'll call you, he'll put on your heart and to, to, to not, just, not just be a member of Crosspoint, but to get involved and to serve, to labor together to reach people with the gospel. Help is needed. Also, faithful gathering is necessary. The Bible says a whole year they assembled themselves together. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We're, we're often really good to provoke people to anger, aren't we? But the Bible says let's consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. And notice what, what it says. One of the ways that we're going to do that is not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's making church attendance, whether it's Sundays or Wednesdays, making it a priority. Saying, hey, this, I recognize that, that if I'm going to live with purpose of heart, showing the world that I belong to Jesus and the gospel is, is, is the reason that I'm here, hey, uh, if, if that's how we're going to live, then we need to make some commitments to Jesus Christ. That means we don't decide on Sunday morning when the alarm goes off whether we're going to church or not. We make a decision today that for, that for the rest of our lives on Sunday, we're going to church, right? Because if you wait till the moment, if you wait until the moment, then, then most often we'll, we're going to back away from what we ought to be doing. But if we'll, if we'll make a commitment to God that, hey, this, the decision's already made. doesn't matter how late we were up on Saturday night. 
doesn't matter, doesn't matter uh, how tired we are on Sunday morning. But on Sunday, when the body of, of believers assembles, I'm going to be there. That's what God wants. That's why he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. There are some that they, they forsake it. They don't make it a priority. And the Bible says, but, uh, but uh, we're not going to be forsaking, but we're going to be exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. That means we're not just going to be getting together on Sundays, but we're going to find times throughout the week to contact each other, to get together here and there, to, to, see, uh, to see and exhort our brothers and sisters in Christ. For what? To do good works, to serve God. Faithful gathering is necessary. Discipleship, mentoring, and accountability is vital. Barnabas recognized that he couldn't do it on his own. On his own. He needed help, and, and the people needed to be discipled. They needed to learn uh, the, the teachings of Scripture. They needed to learn how to live a life committed to Jesus Christ. They needed, uh, they needed that discipleship. They needed mentoring. They needed somebody not to just tell them what to do, but to show them how to do it. And then they needed accountability. Many of you I've, I've talked to, and, and whether individually or in, in groups, and, and I've encouraged you, find an accountability partner, somebody that can help you to be accountable uh, to, to the things, to the commitments that you've made and the way that you want to live for Jesus to show the world that he is the reason you're here. And reflecting Jesus Christ to the world is true Christianity. When we live our lives in a way that shows the world Jesus, that is Christianity. So Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you want to live this life that shows the world that you are a, you are a Christian, that shows the world uh, what Jesus is really like? Then seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Get into his word, study it, and see what God's word teaches, that you should, the way that you should live, the things that you should be doing. Learn the, the, uh, the, the instruction, the, uh, the wisdom, the, uh, the admonitions, the warnings. Learn those things from the scriptures and live it in your life as the spirit of God would help you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is doing right. Seek to do right. Seek to, to follow the example of Jesus Christ in doing right. The Bible says, and all these things shall be added. What things? The things that he talked about before that is food and clothes and something to drink. The Bible says, having food and raiment, be content. In Timothy, Paul said, "Thou." Second Timothy, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Many of you have, have gone through our uh, one, one uh, part of our discipleship course, and that's uh, through continue, that 14-week course. And now it's time for you to take somebody else through it. Are you willing? Are you ready? Uh, once again, I'll tell you, uh, as I've said before, if, you, if you've gone through it, I want to encourage you to go back through it yourself and see is there anything you're uncertain about. See is there anything that you have questions about. Bring those questions to us. Let us help you to learn uh, how to answer those questions. And so you're ready to teach others also. The purpose isn't for it to stop with you, but for you to teach somebody and to teach them so that they can teach somebody. Hey, I'm glad that the, that the gospel didn't stop with that first century church. I'm glad they taught others to teach others to teach others because you and I have the word of God today. Who's going to have the gospel because you taught somebody? Jesus gave a command he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He wants us to make disciples of all nations. Why? Because he wants his, his gospel to go to all nations. We, we, li we live in a day and time. We live in a, a, very, a very unique uh, area where, where literally we can reach all nations from right here in L.A., and as we reach them with the gospel, 
they already know their language and they can speak to speak their language to others who speak their language and they can take the gospel to their nations and and the world can be reached with the gospel if we will be faithful to teach others also i want to encourage you to get involved in discipleship discipleship we are together in commitment together in practice but then then lastly we are together for the gospel Together for the gospel. The Bible says in those days, the, the prophets from Jerusalem uh, uh, came from, uh, in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up w- one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout, the whole, throughout the, all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it uh, to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. These people realized that the gospel wasn't just about them. But there are believers elsewhere that are, that are laboring to reach others with the gospel. And there are people who need to be reached in other places. And so they were willing of themselves to give to reach others with the gospel. Because, hey, we, we're serving together here for the gospel. But we're also partnering with people around the world to take the gospel to places where Jesus is not known. We want to go, we want to, go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. And if we're going to do it together, that means we need you. We need you to be involved. It's been said you can tell what's important to somebody, what is the priority to somebody by looking at their calendar and their checkbook. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, it shows what's important. Jesus told us a story of, of he, he told a parable of a man who's walking, walking through a field and he finds, he finds a treasure in the field. And it's a treasure of such great value that he goes and sells everything he has to buy the treasure, or to buy the field, to buy the field that has the treasure. If you and I will treasure what God treasures, there's nothing that that we have in this world that we'll hold on to so tightly they were not willing to give it up for what God treasures. If it's that right there and God wants it, it's his. If it's my stuff that God wants, it's his. But I'll tell you, God doesn't want your stuff. He wants you. Besides, if he has you, he has your stuff. In Corinthians, Paul tells us about the people in Macedonia, the people of Philippi, who were going through a time of deep poverty. But in their deep poverty and affliction, the Bible says they were overjoyed to give more than they could more than they could afford to give. Why were they overjoyed to do that? Because they were giving for the furtherance of the gospel. how, how How were they willing to do that? Because first they gave themselves. They surrendered themselves to Jesus Christ. See, the message today is not about getting your money. It's not about getting your stuff. The message today is about getting me and you on board with God, living our lives for his purpose, to show the world that he's real, to show the world that he's worthy of our service, to show the world that the gospel transforms lives. And when that's our purpose... I'll give my time to invest in taking that message around the world. When that's our purpose, I'll give my money to support that cause. When that's our purpose, I'm even willing to say, God, if you want me to go somewhere, I'll go. I've told you before, church, I had that conversation with God years ago. I told him wherever, whenever, whatever, 
I'll do it. Back in 2014, he said, okay, go. And he sent me here. And I like it. I found that the best place I can be is right in the center of God's will. Wherever he directs for you to go, that's where you ought to be. That's where you're going to find peace. That's where you're going to find joy. That's where you're going to find your most effective ministry as you strive together for the gospel. Second Corinthians chapter 9 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. I don't know if this is speaking monetarily. And we need to take it for how it's written monetarily. We need to understand this is what God is teaching in his word. Not grudgingly. Oh, I've got to give. I better give. Uh, or of necessity. Oh, they need me to give. See, if those are the reasons that we give, then it's not about God and it's not about God's work. The Bible says, according as he purposeth in his heart, why, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God wants us to give and to invest in his work. But, let, but let's take it a step back. I said God's not, God is not after your stuff. He's after you. Today, every man and woman, as you purpose in your heart, I want to encourage you to give yourself to God. According as you purpose, not grudgingly, not of necessity. Yeah, we, we need help. But don't sign up for something because, well, they need my help. Pray and ask God what he would have you to do and purpose to do that. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Grace is the desire and power to do God's work. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. See, if we give, God, if we give ourselves to God, he's going to make sure that we have everything we need. If we give ourselves our time, our energy, he's going to make sure that, we, that, that he gives us grace to fulfill all of our responsibilities. If we give our money to him, he's going to make sure that he, he's going to make sure that we have what we need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's a bank that you're not going to run dry. I know I've gone long today, but what's new? I'm trying real hard, but today I just feel the necessity to take this extra time to go through this with passion, with purpose, with conviction that church, it's time for us to yield ourselves, to surrender ourselves, to commit ourselves with purpose of heart to strive together for the gospel. Let's stand together. Our heads bowed, our eyes are closed. Lord Jesus, there are many out there that need to hear the gospel, that need to hear that you died for their sins. Maybe there's some here today that, that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. But Lord, I pray that, I pray that today as they, as, they hear the, the, as they hear all these exciting things and the, the way that, that we want to serve you, they'll, they'll be curious about, about why we would want to do this. And Lord, help them to understand that the answer is that we are, that we are in love with you. Because you so loved us. 
And out of your love for us, you saw that we were headed to a Christless eternity in hell. You saw that we were destined and doomed to spend eternity separated from you in a place of torment. And you did not want us to to spend eternity there. You loved us and you wanted us to, to be with you forever. And so you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be that spotless, sinless sacrifice to pay the price for our sins, to pay the price for their sin. And Lord, if any are watching online or they're present with us today and they don't know you as Savior, I pray that they'll understand today that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the message that we want to take to the world. And Lord, it starts right here at home with these who need to hear and need to believe. You died for our sins according to the scripture. You were buried and you rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And now you offer eternal life freely to anyone who will call on you in faith and repentance. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you that that you said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And thank you that you meant that and you keep your promise. Jesus, help us to live for you and to take this message to the world, striving together for the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.